you want to wish your love, prayers, healing prayers, positivity. You know what I actually have, and I actually believe that this may work, crystals. Crystals, you know, whether you wear them around your neck or you just have them, are a healing, like a healing stone. See, some people believe in certain types of objects, charms, amulets, crystals. The power of crystals can heal, you know, and it depends on if it's an emotional, physical type of pain that a person is going through, healing. The power of touch, the power of your voice. If you believe in the power of prayer, oh, pray, or, or, or you can say this. I always say this prayer. Thank you, Lord, for everything you've done for me. Thank you for blessing me, for guiding me, for watching over me. But when you have someone in your life, this is what you say. Thank you for everything you've done for us, for healing us, for guiding us, for taking care of us. But it's more than that. It's hard for me to talk about me. I get emotional, as you can see from the last episode. I try not to. I want to be strong for all of you. I, I just think it's very difficult. You know, when you have someone in your life you're focusing on, and when you talk with them, whether through a text message, a voice recording over the phone, you hear it in their voice that they're weak. So you try not to think about what they're going through. But a part of you feels, in order for me to be strong, I have to be the one to help them heal. By the power of my voice, the power of my touch. Even though we are not close, we are far apart. That doesn't mean that I can't help them. Sometimes, though, it's hard for me without having my voice break. It's really hard for me because my emotions are all over the place right now. I'm feeling what he's feeling. I feel like kismet. If I said to you, maybe there's a small part that I can do the healing. Premonition-wise, I pray every single day for him to get stronger and well. But he has to be strong, too, because... If one person is strong and the other one isn't, how is that? How is he going to get better? You ask yourself that question. My father was a firm believer when he put his own health on the line for him and his family, for his wife and his daughters to heal, to get better. He took over the reins as a patriarch of the family, and he had said to us, we don't want anything to happen to you. We love you. When I can say with certainty... I don't want to lose you. That's what he said. I don't want to lose all of you. So I'm sacrificing my health. I'm sacrificing my health for all of you to get better. When my mother was in the hospital with anemia and she was in intensive care, there was a time when I thought he was giving up on her. The real tears and emotions came and I said, Dad, you're crying. That is a wonderful strength. Many men would hide that emotion. Why would you? Do you know when a man cries, that's an attractive quality? Do you know when a man cries, you're showing your raw emotions? And you think to yourself, why in society is it a weak thing for a man to do? When in all honesty, it's the opposite. It's being strong. Example, if you lose someone to death, isn't your first reaction to cry? 
Isn't that the first emotion we show? While again, some people don't know how to grieve properly. Is there a right or wrong way? Some people say there is. Not really. Everybody processes grief in a different way. Some people show their emotions right off the bat, and others, well, it takes a long time. But again, the one, one thing I worry about is when people don't show any emotion at all. And I've seen in an instant where some people have gone to someone's funeral and then and the next day, it's as if nothing happened. And I'm saying, is that normal? That's not normal. It's not normal at all. When you hide, when you hide, you're hiding. You're hiding because a part of you believes, well, that's the way I have to be. I can't show my emotions to the public because if I do, God forbid, I'm weak. You're not weak. Any type of emotion that you show is a sign of strength. People don't seem to understand that. Why don't people understand that? Any type of emotion that you can show is a sign of strength. The way I see it is this. I'm an emotional woman. I will admit that to you. I had a hard time letting go of the person that I loved, my father. Because him and me and the bond that we had was always strong. When he died that day, I saw darkness. I saw complete darkness. And I pictured my life without him, and it was not a pleasant feeling. I said to myself, why is this happening now? You know, all the people around us before he passed, we had people left and right dropping. They were dying from some type of an illness. And I said, oh, please, God. I prayed every single day. Please don't come to this house, please. I want my father around for a long time. I want him to see me succeed in life, to, to see me as a strong, independent woman, not as a weakling. Well, my father saw me as a, as, a, as a strong woman, a young woman. But he never got the chance to see me fully grow. And I always wish, what, how would he react? How would he be? if he saw me at a certain age. My father was a man that everybody should look up to. He made friends. Everywhere he went, he made friends. He would talk to people, you know, whether it was out here in the neighborhood or in the store. He would be very friendly and talk to people, but then also he would be blunt too. If something something that upset him and he didn't like it, he'd come out and tell you. And he wouldn't be shy about it either. My father did curse, boy. Again, when I hear him curse, I'm like, my God. (laughs) He would try to curse in his own language. He would try to curse in English. (laughs) And when it came out, it was pretty funny, to say the least. But um, he's the type of man that you can learn a lot from. The same thing with my mother. My mother is an angel. She's earned her angel wings. They're both angels now. If I can go up to heaven just to have a conversation, just to spend that quality time with them, I would tell them everything that I'm going through. They do come in the form of doves. Sometimes she comes by herself. Sometimes they come together. Sometimes there's a group. There's like four of them. Then you ask yourself, is that a coincidence? Maybe. They're always coming in the same area, whether it's in the front of the house or in the back where my car is. And I'm thinking, wow. My mother and father are here to watch over me. It's not in the physical sense that I would like, but 
having them as doves is fine because doves are a sign of peace. If you're a white dove, you're a sign of peace. But if you're a, a brown dove, I believe there's many different symbols of what a brown and the white and the, the lighter color doves are, but they're gifts from God. They're a sign from God. You ever watch the movie Touched, or actually the show Touched by an Angel? You see a dove in the beginning of the, of the, the series. The white dove is peace. That's what the white dove is, peace. So ask yourself this question if you can. The one thing I like from all of you is your prayers and support. Right now, I'm praying for my loved one to get better. I'm praying for him to be strong. I'm praying for him because when I hear weakness in his voice, I get scared and I panic. And then a part of me gets sick. I'm doing my very best. I'm doing my very best to make him see that there is light, that there is a chance of hope, that there is, do not give up. Focus on me. Focus on our life together and our happiness and our future. Because if you don't, all you're going to be thinking about is the negative and what could happen. It could backfire, right? My understanding is this, and I brought this up to anybody who would listen. When you are sick and you go to a hospital, another part of the world, what's the one thing you think you're going to get? Treatment, right? Well, guess again. It doesn't work that way. What they want you to do before you even walk into a hospital to get any type of treatment is money because money to them is what's, is what's going to make a difference. And they keep upping it. They keep changing the price of that money. One minute, it's this amount. Then another month, it's this amount. How do you doctors put a price tag on a human's head? How do you do that? How do you not show any type of compassion or remorse? It's the same thing if a child is really sick, and I'm talking about really, really sick. Are you, are you yourself going to deny that child treatment? They're in a world of pain. If they're suffering, you're just going to not treat them and walk away? I asked myself that question. See, there's a difference here. And every part of the world is different on how they treat people when they're sick. If you come here in the United States, you will get treated. You will not get turned away. Like with me, when I went through my cancer, if they would have said to me, we are not going to treat you until you give us this amount of money. And you know what I would have said? So in other words, you value money over human. Okay, this is why being a doctor, that's all they think about. They see you as a dollar sign or any other currency for that matter, wherever you are in the world. How dare you? put money ahead of a person's life. And I feel for children that are sick. You think about the youngest victims are children when they're starving, when they have no food, when they have illnesses that can be cured. But again, it's the matter of payment. Look at a family that's struggling. If I look back to my mother and father, my mother, believe it or not, when she was a baby, she had whooping cough. And she survived it. Back then, they didn't have the proper medications and immunizations that we have here. You think to yourself, when you're a child, you get immunized before you go to school for all the shots. You get all the shots for the measles and the mumps and the chicken pox. Of course, I had chicken pox in my mid-20s, and I got it from my nephew because it was contagious, right? But 
I got through it. My mother got through it. And you think to yourself back then, it was a different time. It was different. There wasn't that much of technology back in those days where we have more of a technological advancement on all the new medications and the medicines that are out there. Cancers are being treated. Me, as a perfect example, October is Breast Cancer Awareness Month. Okay, now I'm speaking. I'm going to be the spokeswoman for not just for breast cancer, but for every cancer. If I said to myself, I was sick again with cancer, and I wasn't here in the United States, but I went to another part of the world... If I went to another part of the world to get treated, I probably would get turned away because I didn't have the resources to give them. Shame on you for feeling that way. Shame on you for being that way. Human life is far more important than money. That's why sometimes when people ask me, why isn't money important to you? Well, to, to live on, yes, and to survive, but it's not all important. See, nowadays, I think when people have money on their mind, that's all they think about. What can I do with all of this money? Well, if you're smart, put that money away for a rainy day. Build a future with your significant other. When when you have children, secure their education and their future with it. Don't be greedy and say, when I have all this money, I'm going to go out and buy the fancy home and the fancy car. No. No. Why would you? You know, I would think that when people have that type a financial resource. They don't think about themselves. And if they do think about themselves, they don't think about and say, hey, look, I can take this money, I can do good with it. I could build homes for the poor. I can I can help pay for the medical bills because there are people that can't afford to give their families that life-saving operation that is needed. Put your pride and your compassion first in front and your selfishness towards the end. I don't like when people parade money in front of me. They take out a wallet and they have all of this money. You think it impresses me? The lives of people are more important. I can't even sit here in my own home in a nice comfy environment where it's cold outside, but there's a family that's struggling to make ends meet, number one. And number two, number two, they're all on top of each other living in this tiny little house. I mean, my mother and father had to make do when they were younger because their circumstances, their living circumstances were just as harsh. But they got through it. When someone got sick, they had to find a way to take care of the loved ones because there was very rarely any type of technological advances in terms of medicine. You know, back then you had what you had. You had to work with what you had. And I feel for the plight of people. I think people in this day and age can be selfless and cruel. If you ask me, what is it that you can do for me? You can do a lot for me. But the one thing I ask of you is to be patient with me. The one thing I ask of you is to understand me. The one thing I ask of you is to have a heart. Have a heart when someone is suffering. Don't automatically assume, oh, well, you know, if you're coming into my hospital before you can come in and I can give you the treatment that you want and I can save your life, I'm going to expect you to pay me. No! Where is this coming from? You know, this is why I say to all of you, human life is far more important than the price tag that we put on people. It's the same when you go for a doctor's for a checkup. You're lucky enough to have health insurance. You can say, hey, look, I'll put you in my insurance plan and I will take care of the bill and everything else. You get yourself treated. Now, most places don't have health insurance. We have to change that. We have to get together and find a plan and help everybody out. 
you know, when I was going through my cancer, the least, the farthest thing from my mind was, hey, how am I going to make this payment? I had insurance. But my mother had said, if you hadn't had insurance, we would find a way. How, though? I didn't want to put that burden on her. She goes, when you love someone, you will do anything. You will sacrifice whatever you have just to make that life more complete, just to heal. I could be a healer of some sort. And in my time, I was able to talk to people through an illness. When I was going through my cancer, my last chemotherapy treatment, I remember walking out, and there was a young woman in her 20s. She was afraid. She was diagnosed with cancer. And she goes, oh, my God, I'm so scared. I walked by. I said, don't be, because you're not the only one. Look around you. Everybody is dealing with some type of cancer. We're all in this together. We're all in the fight together. When you have that special support system, you have someone in your life that's helping you through it, then it makes it easier for you to fight it. But if you're alone, if you tell me I don't need to have a support system and you're alone, well, guess what? You won't fight it. Cancer is scary. I will admit it to you. Cancer is very, very, very scary. But you want to know something? You know what's really scarier? When you're doing it alone, that's scarier. Your thoughts will take over. You will make yourself believe, I can't get through it. I can't fight it. Let the cancer take my body. Let it take my life. I'm done. Don't feel like that. Stand up to it. I think we should annihilate all diseases from this world. If we can find cures for all these diseases, everybody would continue to live on without having a disease in their life. But unfortunately, that's not realistic. But there are cures every single day. There's new cures and treatments for breast cancer and colon cancer and prostate cancer and lung cancer. There's always some type of new cure. You know, I was used as a guinea pig because the drug that they gave me was only used to treat colon cancer, but they used it on my breast cancer. And guess what? The tumor that was growing inside of me that could have taken my whole life, when I took that drug, the tumor completely disappeared. My life was spared. And whatever was in my lungs at the time they thought it was cancer, wasn't. So I got a second chance at life through my late mother, because she's an angel, and by the grace of God. Now, do you believe in the power of prayer? You should. The one thing I ask of all of you is to always, never, ever, ever give up on yourselves. You know, I'm freely talking to you about what I'm going through in my life. There was a time in my life when I was ready to just call it quits. Every time I came this close to having some type of normalcy in my life, some type of happiness, it was a detour. And I said to myself, am I going down the wrong path? Now I'm going through a headache right now, trying to figure out who I am. Everyone's like, we know who you are. You know or who you think I am. I have to know who I am. Because right now, everyone says Aphrodite. Well, see, I went to school with her. I worked with her. I knew her in my lifetime. She was a wonderful woman. She was funny. She was very helpful. She was shy. Now, you see how I'm saying it? She was, not she is. Because they're putting me in the past tense. They think, well, something bad happened to her. But my mother, if she was alive, would tell all of you, She was the type of woman you should have in your corner. Why? Come on now. With a name like Aphrodite, she can go very far. Now my, and she's gonna, this is what my mother's saying. This is not me talking, this is my mother. My mother named my, or named, I named, I named my daughter after my mother. My mother's name was Aphrodite. 
That's what my mother would tell all of you. Now, my own mother's name was Andronik. She was named after a saint. So you think, okay, the both of us in the family had the A initials. And they say anybody who has the A initials are the ones that are going to go well in life. They're going to go far in life. They're going to succeed. They're smart. They're creative. They're bright. They're intelligent. She goes, I know right now you're going through a hard time. You never give up on yourself. And don't give up on the man that loves you. He loves you. How many times is he going to tell you that? You need to believe it. You need to believe it because it's very important. But do me a favor. Don't give up on your life. Don't give up on him. Don't give up on yourselves. Don't give up on each other. You know, when you find that true love and you found yourself a soulmate, God wants the both of you to get better. God is looking down on him, but he's also looking down on you. So he's watching both of you at different times, right? So you say to yourself, I got to get better. I have to be strong from otherwise he's going to fall apart and he's not going to get better. And then I hear the weakness in his voice and it paralyzes me. I'm paralyzed with fear that sometimes I have these demons go through my head. When you tell me, okay, what do you mean by demons? Well, let's just say, premonition-wise, I have these bad thoughts go through my head. I'm trying to get them out. I'm trying to focus on him, my life with him. I want to picture my life with him to be beautiful, to be peaceful, comfortable, just to have a normal life. Don't want to get anything in extravagance. I told him I'm not a woman that has much of anything. I'm a woman of nothing. And a woman of nothing I will always be. Even if I meet somebody in my lifetime and they have it all, I'm still going to be a woman of nothing. Because you can go through life having someone shower you with gifts and this and that. That's not going to make me happy. You know what's going to make me happy? Your love. Your love, your support, your kisses, your hugs, your touch. Everything's going to make me happy. But when you start showering me with gifts and you think, well, this is what I want, then you don't know who I am. You're sadly mistaken. So to make a long story short, because I really don't want to touch on me, I think I've talked about me too much, and I don't really want to be depressing, but I want people to understand who I am. Aphrodite comes from a long line of people that, again, she's had traumatic events happen to her. She's gone through so much in her life. She survived being assaulted. She survived being abused. She survived cancer. She survived so much in her lifetime, and she's still going strong. We have to support her. We have to stand beside her. We have to be there for her. 110%. We have to. There is no ifs, ands, or buts about it. We have to do it. She's relying on us. If we let her down, well, what kind of a person are we if we do that? So I say to all of you, if you know someone in your family or someone that you love, reach out to them before it's too late. Reach out to them. Support them. Guide them. Pray with them. Stand by them. I've always said to him, I will be with you 110%. You have me. I'm not going anywhere. But I feel like I haven't done enough. I want to be good in his eyes. And I've said to him, I don't want to be a disappointment to you. He goes, you haven't. You're trying. I said, it's not trying hard enough. I feel like I'm failing you. And if I'm failing you, I'll be failing myself. 
don't want to be a failure. I don't want to be known as a woman who tried so hard but couldn't make it. I want to be one to be a hero, be an angel, be a wonder woman. I don't have any magical powers. And I don't have... watch every single day and I and I pray to God please heal him for me that will do my best on my part but I feel like again I feel like what happens if I fail how is that gonna look to me I don't know if I can hold my head up high every time I think I'm, I'm gonna help somebody get through the pain something happens this angel Angels are watching over you. I'm sending you an angel. I'm sending you me. Focus on me. Focus on what we can accomplish together. We can be great. You've told me many times you are great. Well, I want to be more than that for you. But I don't want to be, quote, perfect. I want to be imperfect. Take me as I am, flaws and all. And as I've always said to all of you, there's no such thing as perfection. In this world, there is no perfect world. It's an imperfect world. We live in an imperfect world because there's always something going on that's disastrous. I feel for the people in Florida that went through a dramatic event with the hurricane down there and the devastation. People's lives were lost and people are missing. You know, you feel bad for the, for the people in another part of the world. You think, what can I do? Well, yeah, I can go down there and help out or I can, I can you know, make some type of donation or a fundraiser, but it's not going to be enough. You think to yourself, it's not going to be enough. People need the support of other people, a, a kind word, a prayer, a thought, you know, or just to sit there and listen, cry along with everybody. When you're going through any type of a crisis or a loss of some kind, all you want to do is be there for everybody. You don't have to say anything. I always say, you don't have to say anything. You can just look into each other's eyes and say, hey, look, we will get through this together. There's no amount of buying material things that's going to make up for the loss of someone. You know, when my father passed away, it was hard for me to even go through life. I didn't like what I saw. People were spending time with their loved ones. They were going out and celebrating birthdays and holidays. The holidays were very difficult for me and my father. The first year or two, we couldn't get together with the family. We just had our own quiet time. And I said, that's fine. And then Christmas came around and New Year's. And every New Year's that came, it hurt. Because you're remembering the people that you left behind in your past. If you think about the people that you lost, they're in your past, right? If his life continues on, like right now in 2022, well, my father passed away in the 20th century. My mother passed away in the 21st century. She didn't get a chance to see ahead. You know, always talk about, oh, what's it going to be like in the year 2000? At the time when you think, hey, both my parents will be alive and well. They're going to succeed. They're going to see me and, and their family grow larger. We're going to have children. We're going to get together for the holidays. That's what I always dreamed of. It never happened that way. My premonition got in the way of what happened to my father. And then with my mother, after she passed, I stopped living. I stopped being a woman. I stopped caring. I let myself go. I said to myself, why am I here? I come home to an empty house and I have to deal with the silence. Silence is not pleasant. It's very deafening. Silence is like a killer, a killer that's like all consuming. I felt like I was in quicksand. 
and that there was no one there to rescue me, that I couldn't get myself up out of it. But I ask myself and to all of you, if you've ever gone through the pain of losing someone, trust me, it is a pain that will stay with you for a long time, but you can heal from it. I'm still lost because a part of me went with my mother. A part of me died with my mother. A part of me died with my father. They're both a part of me. Two parts of me are missing. I'm not a whole woman. I think once I become a whole woman, that will change. But there is a part of me that wants happiness, a part of me that wants to have a measure of happiness and, and smiles and laughter and, and love. Isn't that what's important? Not what you have, what you've accumulated in your lifetime. You know, people who have, have it all, I'm sorry. They're the ones that are unhappy. Go to social media. You think all the people that parade, hey, look at me. I have the home and I have the, the cars and, and the clothes and the jewelry and everything. Do you think that that makes them happy? It doesn't make them happy. It doesn't. They're just putting on a facade, right? The true happiness comes from a life that you build with someone, a life that you create with someone. Because in the end, that's what matters, right? When two people join their lives together. If you tell me, I don't need that in my life because I've been hurt. Well, I have been hurt. I'm seeking it. When my mother passed away, I couldn't enjoy the holidays. I tried. The one holiday I did try, it led to arguments. It led to people attacking one another. I said, I don't want to do that again. It was hard for me. I couldn't get into the spirit. And every year it seems to get harder. I've spent all of my holidays alone. I didn't want to be around family because there are times when you just want to be by yourself and your family doesn't understand that. I was talking with my colleague about that. I said, you understand. Sometimes you, every, your family makes you feel guilty if you want to be by yourself. Then they lay that whole guilt trip on you. Oh, but you know, if you don't have your family, one day you're going to regret it. I'm like, no, I'm not going to regret it. I just need to be by myself. I need to be who, I need to find who I am. When I'm with all of you, I feel like I'm being on the attack because nobody seems to understand what I feel right now. They seem to think that they know me. Same thing when you go to work. You think, okay, I've known you for a long time. This is how you are. But you really don't know me. You're assuming that you know me. I may not be the person you think I am. Deep down inside, I have emotions and feelings and I can't keep them to myself. There's a part of me that just wants to escape. There's a part of me that just wants to find where I fit into this world. In this world, I don't fit in. I've been trying ever since I was little and it has not been any better. When my parents were alive, everything was beautiful. When they're gone, it was filled with pain and darkness. And I've been punished for all the bad things that I've done. Now I want to redeem myself in the eyes of the Lord. I want to redeem myself in my parents' eyes. And I think I found it with the soulmate, with God have brought me and my loved one together. I want us to be together. I want us to have a great life, but I don't want to have the world in our life. In other words, I want us to have privacy. I don't want any outsiders. I don't want people taking pictures and, and following us around. I don't want that. You know, that's why I said when you meet someone in your lifetime, you both of you have to find a place where you can to be alone, to get to know one another, to be with each other as one. When you've got outsiders or people trying to tell you how to live your life, that's when it becomes too much to deal with. And I can't deal with it. 
there's a part of me that just has to escape that. But I also want to know, I want all of you to know that I will be the strong woman that I am. But I have to be. It's just right now I'm going through a tumultuous time, a time that is just hard for me to deal with. And I'm trying my very best to not fall apart. There's so much that I'm dealing with, and I don't know where to start. But I do know that I have to have hope and prayer. I'm going to do my very best. But right now, I just need to concentrate to heal. I want my premonitions to be of happiness and not sadness. I want my premonitions to be of life. I said in that movie from that line tell me the truth I will be yours forever but deny me the truth I will walk out that door to never return to you forever ever again you'll lose me if you can't be truthful with me then you will lose me that's basically what it comes down to I just don't want that to be my signature theme but again I don't want to be hurt I've been hurt too many times in my life and I think to myself why me Am I that gullible of a woman that gets walked on, that gets talked about, that gets hurt by emotions, feelings, words, actions? If your words are not going to be kind, if you're going to have thoughtful, I'm sorry, negative emotions towards me and you want to hurt me, that's like a form of betrayal. It's a slap in the face. Who wants to be betrayed? I don't. I've experienced betrayal at its worst. I don't want to go through it again. But I have to be strong, because who knows? We all have one life to live. Not a lot of people want to take themselves out of this world too soon. I advise you not to do that. Be strong. Be tall. Fight. Fight for yourselves. Fight for the people in your life. Think of the happiness, the joy. Think of everything that you could do with your life, the things that you could become, the people that could you that you could inspire the legacy you can leave behind that others will take over for we one day will be recognized. We should recognize the people that are here now alive, not when they're gone. Because when they're gone, they're not going to know what they've accomplished. They're not going to remember for anything. They're going to be remembered for others. So I'm going to let all of you go because I'm getting ready to go into dreamland that I hope to God I have a pleasant dream. But I hope I had to see what my future is going to hold for me. So I'm going to say God bless all of you. Stay strong. Stay true. Remember, we all have one life to live. The key is, will you be able to survive this world with all the pain and the negativity and betrayal? Or are you going to fall back and just take yourself out before it's your time? If I were you, I wouldn't. There's more to life than having to deal with that type of pain. You're not going to be leaving... You're going to be leaving a lot of people with a lot of hurt and a lot of pain. And you're not going to solve any problems. Your problems will be there for them to take over. Is that fair to them? No, it isn't. So just remember, you yourself as an individual are important. But you also have people that rely on you. If you take yourself out of this world too soon, they're going to be the ones that are going to be wondering what. They put the blame on themselves. Do you really want that on your conscience? No, you don't. So I'm going to say God bless all of you. Have a good night. Have a great week. And remember, your lives are important. Life is precious. 
Life is forever eternal. Death is permanent. Just remember that. Life, forever I live, forever I breathe, forever I be happy. Forever.